Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker together with Trotian Tian. Time now for Market View. We did promise a conversation about a company that uh, we have put in focus uh, getting Singapore. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about Thailand and its economy and the news, of course, uh, the economy uh, growing 2.7% year on year in the past three months to March, driven by its resurgent tourism industry. But first, Tian Tian, as always, let's get a quick recap of how we started the day. Right, Elliot. So Singapore shares actually started the week or the day lower after mm. US equities ended down on Friday. So in early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.1% to 3,204 points after 63 million securities changed hands in the broader market. But uh, as we look at the closing numbers, we would realise that the STI actually closed up today. It is up 0.19% and green at uh, 3,214 points. In terms of value turnover, we are looking at $888 million. Now, gainers outnumbered losers 285 versus 271. Top advances, Jardine Cycle and Carriage, DBS and UOB. And top decliners, New Incorporation, USD, Multicam and AEM Sing Dollars. Now, in terms of companies to watch for today, we have Gunting Singapore. Now, Gunting Singapore announced on Friday that its net profit more than tripled year on year to one hundred and twenty. $9.2 million for the first quarter ended much. But this doesn't seem to be a reason for optimism if we deep dive into the numbers, particularly the quarterly numbers. Now, elsewhere, investors continue to monitor more developments out of the US, including mm. plans to resume debt ceiling talks tomorrow and the meetup between Tesla CEO Elon Musk and Samsung Electronics Executive Chairman J.Y. Lee and the odds of a possible alliance on that mm. front. Now, let's break down all of these with uh, David Kuo co-founder of The Smart Investor. Hi, Mr. Kuo. Welcome to the show. Hello, Jen Jen. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm very good. And by the way, uh, Elliot, uh, yes, we've sir. actually got a piece of silverware in our cupboard. Did you notice? Yes, for the women's team. Congratulations, David. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's, let's talk okay. about winning, Mr. Kuo. And, right. uh, okay. <laughs> let's, and let's talk about the Singapore stock market. How yeah. did the STI fare today? Any surprises when it comes to the winners and the losers? Okay, I tell you what, Jen, it is actually sort of quite confusing when you have uh-huh. a look at uh, uh, the winners in the Straits Times Index. We've got three Singapore banks, BBS, UOB, and OCBC, up there amongst the winners. Then we've also got some real estate investors, or REITs. It's almost as though uh, the investors can't decide whether or not uh, interest rates are going to remain high, mm-hmm. which, would, which would actually be good for the banks, or whether or not interest rates have topped and are likely to uh, to come uh, to come down, which would then be good for the real estate investment trust. So uh, mm. maybe you know there's some kind of bifurcation, uh, some kind of uh, separation in the market between those who think that interest rates will continue to be high and those who think that interest rates will start coming down. Which is mm. why we've actually sort of got both the REITs and also the the banks up there amongst the winners. So uh, that was my my quick take on the. We, we have a few companies uh, that we want to zoom in on. One of it okay. in particular, ST Engineering. Uh, yeah. The Technology Engineering Group reported today revenue of, what, $2.3 billion for the first quarter? So Absolutely. it is up 13% from the previous year. Um, is this within your expectations to what extent? Uh, pretty much so. And I think, you know, this is all part of the recovery. I mean, ST Engineering 
we kind of think of it as being a defense company, but at the same time, it is, it is also sort of very heavily involved in um, aircraft manufacturing. Mm. So when you, when you have a look at the company as a whole, I would say, uh, yeah, it is almost considered to be a recovery play. But at the same time, uh, the defense side of uh, SP engineering is also performing quite well. And uh, it is one sector of the business uh, that SP engineering expects to perform uh, pretty well in the future. And also they're picking up uh, some quite decent orders on the defense side. So uh, this is a company that many investors like primarily because of the um, safety of the dividends and it, it is a good dividend paying company and uh, uh, I, I expect good things from SP Engineering going forward. Mm, and you mm. love dividends, right? That's one point I to do, note. I do. I, who told you this, Ken? <laughs> you told us this many times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, from ST Engineering, let's take a look at Genting Singapore, Mr. Ko. The uh, integrated resort operator posting there a net profit of $129.2 million for the first quarter ended March. Uh, that's more than triple the mm-hmm. amount recorded last year. But it is not necessarily good news, isn't it? Because if we look at adjusted earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation and amortization, or your EBITDA, yeah. that was down 25% on the quarter, missing expectations. So any thoughts on how Gunting fed and what led to the numbers versus the performance of Marina Bay Sands per se? Okay, right. Some people are never satisfied, are they, Jen? Yeah, I mean, despite the fact, you know, a company like like Genting, comes up with extraordinary results. People are still never happy. Uh, but when you have a look at um, uh, Genting, it is almost the same as with ST Engineering. We're talking mm. about recovery play. And tourists are coming into Singapore again. And when you have a look at uh, the entirety of uh, Genting, uh, Resort World Santosa is doing okay. It could do a lot better. Uh, but then the gaming side also did very well. And we have to sort of compare the gaming side of Genting with the gaming side of Marina Bay Sands. Marina Bay, I, I would classify as being more of a pure play casino operator, whereas mm-hmm. Genting has both the casino as well as the resort side. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the resort side needs a little bit more help. We certainly need more tourists coming into Singapore. We need more flights coming into Singapore. And if that were to happen, then, of course, you will see that Genting is going to be firing on both cylinders rather than just relying on one cylinder. And uh, I I wander around places like Genting, even in Singapore. I would say that there is a dearth of tourists in Singapore, Elliot and Genting. We need more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Okay, David, let's uh, set our sights on Golden Agri Resources, the palm oil company's net profit for its first financial quarter ended March 31st. Fell 51% year on year to 92 million US dollars. Now, to what extent was this driven by lower crude palm oil prices? That in mind, what's the outlook ahead for the company? Okay, 100% was actually due to the price Mm. of uh, palm oil prices. I mean, uh, Golden Agri and all the other sort of big players Mm. in the palm oil industry are what we call price takers. They don't decide what the price of palm oil is going to be. I mean, they just simply grow the stuff and then they sell the stuff. And uh, whatever the crude palm oil prices are is something that they will have to accept. And investors in those kind of companies will have to also accept that it is uh, kind of cyclical when there is a huge demand for uh, palm oil. And, of course, the prices will be high. And then when the prices are, are well, when demand is low, prices will, will also fall. And it is almost, in some ways, when you have a look at it, um, a reflection of uh, oil prices. I mean, I, I'm a big oil investor, and I have to accept the fact that 
uh, when oil prices are at $100 a barrel. Great, great for investors, terrible for motorists, and terrible for people in the energy industry. Uh, but uh, it's, it's exactly the same with um, uh, companies like Golden Agri. You're just going to accept it. You're going to have to suck it up, you know, mm. if crude or palm oil prices fall, and you will have to accept that uh, you're not going to make as much profit as you did when palm oil prices are higher. Well, speaking about palm oil, I start to think of Indonesia. But uh, let's take us to Thailand, Mr. Ko. The Thai baht rose to a five-week high earlier today. Your thoughts on this and what the Thai election results will mean for Thailand's economy? When are we all going to Thailand again, yeah? Uh, Elliot, Tian Tian, I think mm. we should all take a trip to Thailand, don't you? Yeah, we should. I, I'm afraid <laughs> of going to Thailand <laughs> I, I, with you. I think, I, think, I think we should all go to Thailand. Yeah, uh, it, it was all hinging on the election. And uh, I don't think there were any huge surprises. It really was uh, a choice for the, uh, the electorate over in Thailand. Do you want a military government or do you want a civilian government? And I think... Uh, the voters have have, uh, have decided that they they've had enough of uh, a military government and they want a civilian government now. And when you have a look at how uh, the the past administration has fared, you look at the econ- uh, the Thai economy. Mm. You can't really say that it was actually sort of doing particularly well. I mean, when you have a look at some of the other economies in the region, Malaysia growing at about 5%, Indonesia growing pretty well, Philippines doing pretty well. And when you have a look at Thailand, it just did nothing. And I think uh, the people are kind of and they want a change in administration. And I've always said that when the electorates go into the polling booth, all they care about is, do I feel better now than I did the last time I voted? And if they don't feel well, then they'll just want a change of government. And I think this is what we're seeing in Thailand. Mm, okay. And let's talk about uh, what's happening further away in the U.S., Mr. Kuo. The Congressional Budget Office said there was a significant risk that the U.S. could default by 15th of June, which is one month from now. If there is no deal on raising the U.S. debt ceiling, how likely is that really? Let me tell you a secret. Yeah. yeah. They're going to raise the debt ceiling. There is absolutely no. There is absolutely no way, you know, that the that America is going to default on its bonds. Yeah. And, uh, and they're going to raise the debt ceiling. I mean, what we're seeing at the moment is some kind of posturing uh, between the Republicans and the and the Democrats. And both sides are doing a bit of saber saber rattling. They're both mm. beating their chests. But uh, when push comes to shove, they will raise the debt ceiling. But I think it. it, it it hides the fact that there is a problem in America, that they're actually spending more money than they are collecting in terms of revenues, mm-hmm. and they need to do something about it. And what the Republicans are trying to say is, we've got to sort of cut back on spending. But having said that, the Republicans are just as bad as the Democrats, you know. And mm-hmm. They they spend just about as much money, if not more, than the Democrats. The but, thing is, uh, the thing is, uh, yeah, yeah. the the question as to whether we will reach a deal is somewhat set, right? At the last yeah. minute, probably something will be arranged. But the question is, will the Democrats um, concede to that budget spending cuts? If I understand it correctly, will we see some sort of compromise there? I think we will see some kind of compromise. I mean, Joe Biden, the president at the moment, has said that there is no compromise. Uh, by, by the same token, the Republicans have also said, you know, they're not, they're not prepared to compromise. But uh-huh. uh, they, they know that when uh, the time comes, both sides will have to do a little bit of compromising and then they'll just be able to walk away. What is worrying people at the moment is that mm. when you have a look at what is going on in the American market, people are thinking exactly the same as I, uh, me. Yeah, they're saying mm. that, oh, you know, nothing's going to happen. 
and uh, the debt ceiling is going to be raised. And so, therefore, it gives both sides very little excuse to back away. Mm. What they really want is for the stock market to wobble. Then they can turn around and say, oh, look, you know, uh, we can't afford to have the stock market wobble. <laughs> it's not our fault. You know, it's the market's fault. We're going to have to raise the debt ceiling. But uh, we still have a few weeks to go. And what we really want to see is uh, both sides uh, sitting down and agreeing something. What is quite interesting is that Joe Biden is saying, has said that he will be attending the G7 meeting mm. now. If the, if, the, if the budget was that, that big an issue, he wouldn't be going to the G7 meeting. So it's almost as though that they've had some private phone calls, the two of them, and I think uh, we will be seeing some kind of announcement fairly shortly that the debt ceiling will be raised well before uh, June the 1st or so June the 15th. what we are seeing now is the mere threat of a default that's weighing on markets. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Some, people, some people are getting quite jittery at the moment. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, some Manchester United supporters thinking that they were going to be able to beat Chelsea again in the FA Cup women's final. Uh, lo and behold, what happened? Chelsea won, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All hail Chelsea. <laughs> Okay, I, I think I'm okay. seeing a, sort of like a Republican and Democrat play over here. And, okay, and, blue and red, actually. Okay, let's wrap up by talking about two okay. tech firms, one in South Korea and one in the mm-hmm. US. Now, according to yeah. Yonhap News Agency, Samsung mm-hmm. Electronics Executive Chairman J.Y. Lee and Tesla CEO Elon Musk, they met in the U.S. last week and the two companies are looking at possibly joining forces to develop chips for fully autonomous vehicles. What's in it for both parties for them to think that this is going to be a worthwhile venture? Well, the thing is, I mean, there's no point Samsung just going out and developing chips. I mean, what they actually need to do is to say, (laughs) what kind of chips do you want to develop, right? And whether or not we're capable of doing it. So clearly, you know, Samsung and Tesla have to sit together. And then uh, Tesla has to say, these are the kind of chips we need in order to make um, autonomous vehicles, self-driving cars. And can Samsung do it? If Samsung can't do it, then, of course, you know, there is another big... Uh, semiconductor factory also in this part of the world uh, called TSMC who will step in and do it. So I think um, they're they're doing exactly the right thing. So Tesla will have to tell Samsung what they need and Samsung will have to come back and sort of say, yes, we can do this and we can manufacture this. And of course, you know, this is going to be a pretty uh, big market for both companies. If if, if we are going to see autonomous vehicles, Um, I don't know about you two, but... um, Mm. I'm not entirely sure I want to get yeah. into a car without a driver, quite frankly. Mm. Um, I don't know. Having said that, you know, I mean, uh, we, we don't have, we have driverless trains here in Singapore, mm. uh, which seem to sort of operate pretty well. But there is somebody actually operating the train anyway, isn't mm. there somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. But in the case of these autonomous vehicles, I'd be a bit scared if I saw a car coming towards me without a driver, wouldn't you? Well, I guess time will tell, Mr. Kuo, really. Yeah. Yeah, time will tell. Okay, so time will tell the phrase for today. Thanks a lot, Mr. (laughs) Cole. And Chelsea Chelsea are the winners. Chelsea beat Manchester United. Okay, thanks a lot, Mr. Cole. That was David Kuo, co-founder of the Smart Investor. And uh, hopefully we'll bring you more market news and football news uh, next (laughs) week on Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.